0: is
1: your emergency broadcast system. You are listening to the Hashtag Biz with the Beard Podcast, business that you never heard before. Now, belt up and shut. Welcome, friends, once again to the show where we say what we want to say. This is another episode of the business podcast that is authentic, shameless, unapologetic and raw. This is the hashtag biz with the beard podcast business as you never heard before. And I am your host, the superhero who wears his cape on his face, the bearded one, Curfee Smith. But before we get into this show and get this party started, I want to take time now to give a huge shout out and sincere thank you to all of our tens of thousands of listeners and now viewers. I'm truly appreciative of all, every single one of you and all, all the support that you give for the follows on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. It's, it's you know, it's really humbling and I truly, truly, truly appreciate it. And for those who enjoy the show and want to share it, let people know that they can find us on Apple, Google, Spotify, our iHeartRadio, Pandora. Uh, there's a couple of platforms that picked us up. So basically wherever you listen to your podcast, you'll be able to find us. And if you get there, make sure you give it five star, thumb, you know, thumbs up, 100 likes, high fives, slaps on the butt. I don't care. Remind all your friends and connection on social media to listen and subscribe as well. And if you haven't turned me off yet, and you're paying attention, I did say viewers, and we just launched our YouTube page as well, so you can now watch this show, specifically today's show, and some uh, past shows from season three on YouTube as well. So let's get down to business, all right? My guest is an investment representative and owner of Victory Independent Planning. He is the author of two books, History Lessons from the Modern Investor and The Seven Pillars of Financial Wisdom. He is a certified financial planner, professional, chartered advisor in philanthropy, and accredited tax preparer. He has a bachelor's degree in history, I think there's the connection, from the University of Pittsburgh and a Master of Business Administration from from Arizona State University, go Sun Devils. He also served as a naval flight officer from 1996 to 2005, earning the Strike Fighter Air Medal during combat operations and two Navy Achievement Medals. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I'm pleased to have on the show Mr. Patrick Huey, Patrick, welcome to the hashtag Biz with the Beard podcast.
0: Uh, #Hashtag Thank you, uh, <laughs> it,
1: It's
0: it's awesome to be here. But I got to tell you, man, I'm um, doing some some research and, and listening to a couple of previous episodes of me. Uh, yeah, Uh-oh. With, with Dean and with Dean in episode 54,
1: who's yeah, a former
0: Army Ranger, and then Eric Davis, which I think was like episode yeah. 49, uh, you know, SEAL sniper trainer. Yeah, those are, those are big shoes, or should I say boots, to follow in, uh, so uh, I'll, do, I'll do my best today.
1: You're going to do fantastic. I have, <laughs> I have no problem. I know there's it, it like a military theme going on yeah. as, <laughs> as of lately. You're right, and I have another gentleman who is a... Uh, gonna be coming on the show later on this month who is a drill sergeant in the Army. And so yeah, I don't know what it is. so you know I mean, you know I, I'm a patriot, my father served, my grandparents served. Um, you know I, I think it's important. so again, you know I appreciate your service. And uh, I, I think there's a theme there and we'll talk about that later about, you know, people who serve in the military and their success in life and business. So, uh, but yeah, I know it's
0: it's never an easy transition uh, when, when you come out of the military and, and, and do something in civilian life. But uh, it's great to hear uh, some of these guys and gals uh, who are making that transition uh, and they're killing it. Um, yeah. And it's uh, it's great to see. And and for those two guys, you know, for Dean and Eric, a lot of respect for, for the ground pounders. Yeah. Uh, You know, I, I, I flew airplanes. I saw Afghanistan and Iraq from 30,000 feet. I went back to a, (laughs) I went back to a warm bunk and a hot meal at night. Um, So I've got a lot of respect and admiration for for what they do. They certainly don't do it for the money.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So Patrick, I always give a weekly beard fact. And since history lessons are your thing, I'm going to give you a history lesson about beards. Did you know that at one time, beards were actually taxed? I mean, they, he, go ahead. You probably do, right?
0: Having a, a tax preparer's credential, it doesn't shock me.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, wait, so it's back when the Romans ruled, right? Peter the Great taxed men with beards to discourage the trend. He didn't like the trend. I don't know if he, could, <laughs> he couldn't grow one or what. But uh, Peter the Great wanted clean shaven faces and all the men. So he charged 100 rubles a year for the for this, this special medallion like a beard medallion they had to wear and on the medallion you, you know was this license it was, a, it was a license to have a beard and it literally read the beard is a useless burden and I'm like well, you know haters gonna hate but you know, I can't believe it It actually said that
0: please tell me you found one of those
1: somewhere. I know I, I don't <laughs> I I, I you know I just saw the story I was reading it and I was I I'd like to find a medallion One, wonder if they're, they're even out there I, I would love to find one and
0: So, uh, so w- while we're on the beard facts, I, I know that you talked uh, in one of your previous episodes about uh, no beards in the military because of the chemical warfare and gas masks. Yeah, yeah. Was I right uh, or wrong? You-, you can now consider yourself fact-checked uh, by, a hi- by a historian and a veteran. I'm going to give you a thumbs up on that one.
1: Nice. Good deal. I thought I got it right. I did a lot of research. I did not want to get that one wrong. But, you know. <laughs> but yeah, so this guy, yeah. Uh, you know, you think about this tax, right? On one hand, it's pure genius for making money if you're the ruler of a lot of people and cl- sure. greedy and disconnected. But on the other hand, you know, it's freedom. You're know, right? So uh, don't get any ideas, Sleepy Joe, if you're listening.
0: That's
1: so. right. <laughs> <laughs> He's trying to get money out of us anywhere and everywhere. So, uh, uh, but since we're on the topic of history, let's jump into your book, History Lessons from the Modern Investor. Sure. And I haven't got a chance to read it, but it intrigues me. And your book is basically a blast from the past, so to speak, where you go back and learn important lessons from historical figures to become a better investor today. Yeah, How and why did you come up this and why write a book about history to teach people how to invest? I, I'm just intrigued by that. And it's just a, an angle I've never seen before.
0: Yeah. And honestly uh, I kind of did it to trick people um, and, and not in the, <laughs> not in the way that you automatically think, especially uh, you know, with, with, with Wall Street these days. Uh, but I think a lot of times we have conversations with people about finance and you know, I make the joke that you know no financial advisor can carry on a conversation without a freaking pie chart. Right? Um, <laughs> you know, it's just ubiquitous in the industry. But you know, when it becomes ubiquitous, people stop paying attention, um, and, yeah. and that's kind of what I was running up against in my career. Is you know, I was saying all the right things, or at least I thought I was, but people weren't really listening. They weren't paying attention. They weren't learning the basics.
1: You're a white noise. You're the same thing. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Exactly. You know, you're a commodity. You're you're saying the same thing that the, the jerk on television is saying. He's just saying it louder uh, mm-hmm. and in front of a bigger ad- audience. Um, so, you know, what I wanted to do is just uh, take that, fact and get around it somehow, you know, tell some stories and get people interested uh, and then turn it on them at the end and say, well, here's what you can learn from from that little factoid right. that that counts towards today and what you're doing and what you're dealing with and and what we're trying to accomplish for you.
1: That's cool. So I mean, so I, I know you've got, and I know why you've you got a degree in history, right? Or mm-hmm. you studied, studied history quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um what was, what was the, you know, what was the flip the switch saying, you know, I got to approach this differently than before. And this is great because I just had a coaching session yesterday with an individual <laughs> to talk about business development and he's a sales yep. guy, but he's never done really business development. It's outside of his comfort zone. I said, the key to this is you've got to get out of the apples to apples comparison, kind of like you were saying, right? You got to quit yep. sounding like my noise. you got to go in there, pr- present value and be different. And, you know, and it's, well, it's well, hard
0: it's the old story, right? That, you know, no matter what you're selling at the end of the day, you're selling yourself, mm-hmm. right? Pe- people buy from uh, people that they trust and they like. And what I wanted to do was give people kind of a a, a, a projector into my mind and how my mind works and, and the things that I find interesting and funny and uh, worthy of putting on paper and then let the conversation roll from there. And I, yeah. I think that's an important piece of it. You know, I, I wanted people to know me better. Uh, so I put it down on paper and, and you know, uh, results are mixed. Uh, you know, some people love it. Some people are like, man, eh, yeah. just another thing in my, my bookcase that I'm never going to read. But that's OK. Um, yeah. You know, it doesn't have to be for everybody. Yeah.
1: So let's talk about some of these historic figures, which historical sure. stories or figures would you say resonate most in the current market?
0: Um, you know, in the current market, um, we talk a little bit in the book about inflation. I think that's a, a, a big buzzword, uh, right now. Mm-hmm. And, and, and certainly it is, uh, for good reason. Um, I think a lot of people miss out on the fact that, uh, you know, always and everywhere inflation is a monetary phenomenon. Um, and, uh, one of the first people to talk about that, uh, was, um, you know, was not really an economist. Um, he was an astronomer. Right. And so um, maybe because of that, we've started to forget what the true lesson is. Um, but yeah, you know, I think inflation matters. I think it's, uh, it's something that people are talking about now. Um, and I think that it's, uh, it's probably the, the biggest lesson that people can take away right now uh, from the book is that this is something that it's not new. I mean, if you right. lived through the 70s, you know inflation exists. Yeah, but since about 85, it's been fairly tame, and that that may be changing now. Uh, we'll we'll have to you know see how all this plays out.
1: Yeah, I know. I like, you know, I got a couple of clients that are in the construction business and back in May of this year, you know, watching those building materials just skyrocket like they did was yeah. just unbelievable. And they've dropped, you know, significantly, but they're still not where they were. You know, I was just in Lowe's the other day and I was like, hey, this is just I can't believe how expensive this stuff is. And
0: Well, and, and then, I think a lot of people thought that, well, yeah, this is just uh, this is transitory to, to steal a, a term from the Federal Reserve. Um, this is transitory because it's it's driven by COVID. Well, yeah, it is. Uh, But a lot of the the supply chain disruptions I think we've seen over the world, you know, probably are not going to come back um, Mm -hmm. in the way that they were uh, for quite some time. So, yeah, yeah, when you've got that kind of disruption between supply and demand, another topic we touch on in the book, uh, things are going to change and things can quickly get out of hand if, uh, if we let them.
1: So how many individuals do you cover in the book? Or what, is, what are some, you know, just some, you know, historical figures? I know there's Caesar and George Washington and Copernicus. Who else is in the book? And give me, in your opinion, the best lesson from them all or or from, uh, from all of them. Which one's the, kind of like the best lesson that you like and why?
0: You know, if you really put them all together, um, the the lesson is don't trust your brain. You know, because our brains have evolved not just over written history, but unwritten history since we were, you know, uh, hunter gatherers uh, towards very specific things like staying alive, you know, staying away from predators, right. finding food. They have not evolved uh, to trade algorithms and, uh, you know, stocks on millisecond basis. Right. Right. Um, we're very emotional creatures. Uh, we do things that are not logical. And, uh, in those cases, uh, we can hurt ourselves. So that to me, that was the, the, the major theme of this book, uh, was you're supposed to get to the end and go, you know, you have these amazing scientists like Copernicus and, and, Mm -hmm. and Edmund Halley, um, you know, you've got, uh, Kings of Europe, you've got, uh, founders of the country, uh, you've got stage and screen stars. And, 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 and I even talk about Frank Sinatra in the book, right? All, all these people are working with a brain that wasn't designed for, for modern life. Right. right now we can get around that. We can figure ways around it. We can, we can be smart about it or we can be stupid about it. Uh, but I think we have to realize that it's a fact. And until we do that, it's going to be very difficult to navigate uh, the modern investment environment uh, without that kind of knowledge.
1: Well what do people need to know right now about history that could help them you know navigate today's markets and, and their investments?
0: Yeah, we talked about inflation. The other one I talk about in, in the book is is supply and demand. And I, I think it's a huge one to understand and everybody you know rolls their eyes because they remember, you know, Econ 101, mm-hmm. uh, in, in the book, I, I actually talk about the great plagues of Europe and in, the, in the, what, what has now come to be called the dark ages, although that's somewhat uh, controversial because it wasn't really a dark age. There were some, some certain periods where uh, things didn't completely go to hell right um but uh so historians love to argue about you know should we call it the dark ages should we not <laughs> I- i'm old school i'm calling it the dark ages right come on uh gotta, we change the up just because we're <laughs> bored i mean come on
1: i can't stand that yeah. uh
0: so you know i talk about the plagues and what happened in europe it's it's kind of interesting because this book came out before covid uh but the plagues people forget wiped out uh between 30 and 50 percent of the European population um, wow. and uh, depending on the, the source that you read uh, and that had a massive effect obviously on, on the labor pool in Europe, um, the labor pool in Europe shrunk so much that all of a sudden you had people saying, well, my labor should be worth more, right? If right, I'm going to work right. and you don't have as many workers, you got to pay me more. Yeah. And guess what we got out of that? we got a middle class. Yeah. Um, that was really the impetus for the, the growth of a middle class between, you know, the monarchy and, and the nobles uh, and the, the dirt poor. Um, so, you know, kind of nice to know that good things can come out of, uh, of terrible circumstances like that. Uh, but also interesting to, to realize just how much supply and demand are, right. you know, interacting on a day-to-day basis and we don't even realize it. um you know you we talked about the building materials um you know there are a thousand different uh sectors and areas of the economy where all that is happening right now oh yeah and if we don't pay attention to what the signs are telling us uh we're not doing our jobs as investors
1: yeah but you know 80 bucks filled my truck yesterday i was like jeez this is ridiculous (laughs) And, you know, and I don't think really it's, here's some, here's my opinion. We, we don't pay, it's not that we don't pay attention. I think we pay attention to the politics more than we do the actual, yeah. you know, the, the history lessons, you know, like you said, right. And now we're almost like devolving. We're just like listening to what people tell us, and unbelieving, but not going back to, here's the facts. This devolving is, you, is a good word. Is, a good is, word. That, is that even a word? I think I just made it I up. Think it,
0: I think it is a word, uh, <laughs> but think about it. We're becoming more tribal. Right. You know, uh, we're, we're, we're pairing up into giants and jets fans. Uh, yeah. Uh, if, if you are aligned with one of those, then you automatically think this. And if you align with the other, you automatically think this. Um, and, and now I have permission to hate you because you do that. Right. That that is uh, so destructive on so many levels.
1: Exactly.
0: And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of talk about that in the book as well. There's there's this troika of disinformation and, uh, and fear out there coming from social media, coming from the internet, coming from, in my case, uh, you know, business news, 24-hour business right. news. Who, need, who needs 24-hour business we news? We don't. Right. Why are we doing this to ourselves? Yeah. You know, when they look back at the collapse of Western culture, I, I firmly believe uh, they'll, they'll start with 24-hour news cycles uh, and, and why it all went downhill from there. Yeah.
1: Well, because, yeah, you remember when it first started or like when you started watching the news, just when before the 24 hour news cycle started happening, you'd get this huge like breaking news coming across the bottom of your screen. Now it's like you turn on 24 news cycle. It's a breaking news every 10 minutes. It's like, you know, it's it's dumbed down. And I will tell you something. And I don't know if this is being stupid or whatever. But after this last election, I made it a point, especially come probably right around March of this year. I turned the news off. Yep. I haven't watched the news probably since March. I refuse to watch it, and I just like, and I'll tell you what: from a mental health capacity, it has helped me focus. I am less emotional. I am more logical, and yep. I just don't watch it because it doesn't really matter.
0: I forget who the author is. I'll, I'll look it up. Maybe we can throw it in the show notes. But um, he referred to. It's actually co-authors. They referred to you know a lot of these things that we've gotten into the internet tell 24-hour television and social media mm-hmm. has infinity pools meaning once you're in if you allow yourself you'll just keep going down and down yeah. and down and down because it never ends uh, that's why i read the newspaper yeah it's a it's a finite thing i know when it's over you know and yeah. i and i i feel like i've gotten what i needed to out of it i actually read a couple of papers um you know one liberal one conservative um, so that I don't get, uh, I don't fall uh, prey to confirmation bias, another yep. topic uh, that's in the book. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think that, uh, you really have to be your own advocate these days and, uh, you know, either limit your use, cancel your use, uh, or come up with some other ways of getting your news and your information and your contact with humanity. Cause what we're doing over the last 10 years, I'm, I'm pretty c- concerned about, and I don't think it's working that well.
1: Yeah. You ever seen the movie *Idiocracy*?
0: I did. Yeah, it's that's a family favorite. Spooky, huh? <laughs> right. There are some things in that that movie that just. Whew.
1: Right, it's a, ba- it's a it's bad movie, but I mean I don't think it's that great of a movie. But it's you watch it, I'm just like, wow, we're not too far from there. It's getting close, yeah. and yeah, that, that gets close. Well, I I I'm a huge I'm a 90, 80s, eighties nineties kid, right? I'm a huge Seinfeld fan. And I know mm-hmm. you mentioned him in the book, right? Specifically mm-hmm. from his show and uh, Seinfeld and his char- and, and the character Costanza, who's yeah. one of my favorite characters on yeah. the show. Uh, and what it means to be a contrarian. So yeah. what does that mean? What does that have to do with uh, investing? Uh,
0: well, you know, first of all, if you're going to mention George, uh, we first have to mention uh, as of as of this uh, taping that uh, the Yankees lost uh, last night yes. in the, the play-in for the playoffs. So uh, condolences to the Steinbrenners. Yeah. Um, but, Should have had uh, those, uh
1: 100% <laughs> cotton uniforms, right? That's right. Shouldn't yeah. have fired.
0: Shouldn't have fired George. Uh, T-Bone had it right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, you know, George talks about in, in one episode, uh, you know, everything in my life, uh, I've done wrong, right? Every decision I made has have been wrong. So if, starting today, I'm going to take yeah. what I think is the right decision. I'm going to do the opposite. Right, that's that is the ultimate contrarian. Love right? that episode, Somebody, yep. <laughs> somebody who is swimming against the stream, and things go pretty well for him until they don't. Uh, <laughs> a, a, of course, it's George. Um, but you know, the point to me there was uh, there are times when it certainly does make sense to kind of you know not do what the herd is doing, uh, to think about things in a in a way that um, is a little different um to be you know in, in your words unapologetic and raw yeah
1: um
0: and uh and to try to maybe get to a little bit more truth um than is available uh in you know the, the common media on you know like we said like the 24 hour news cycle and, and and uh the internet
1: yeah absolutely all right and i don't want to give away any more from this book because so we've really kind of gotten into the book so let's talk can about can i just, your, can yeah, I just do one,
0: one more castanza
1: yeah, again. yeah, of course, you can do as many as you want.
0: Yeah, no, I, I when I think about the last 10 years and I think about George, I just think George is getting frustrated. Yeah, right. <laughs> he talks that third person, right? <laughs> that was hilarious. He's my that my favorite.
1: Yeah, yeah, George is the best. And his parents crack me up. <laughs> uh I could go there's a story. Ah, I'm not I'm going to I'm going to pass on that <laughs> one. Um but let's talk you have another book called The Seven Pillars of Financial Wisdom. Yeah, uh, and, and I've had a guest on the show in season two, I believe it was in season two, who discusses the seven pillars of freedom. And you and you know him. I think you know him. That's how I think we got to choose. And he's my beloved bearded Hawkeye buddy, Kurt yeah. Mercadonte. Yeah. And we're both Hawkeye fans. Go Hawks. Number three in the country today. Love yeah. it. Congratulations. Uh, yeah, yeah. We'll see how they can continue that this weekend against Penn State. But uh, this book's another historical perspective of modern investment. How But how does it differ? And what is the one thing your readers will get from this book that you really want want them to get from this book? That's different. Uh, for, from the other
0: book? First of all, as a Pitt grad, I'm going to say go ahead and beat Penn State this weekend. Oh, that.
1: that's right. I didn't even put that two and two together, man. Thank you.
0: Uh, second of all, uh, with with much respect to Kurt and his five pillars, yeah, uh, my my book is seven pillars. Seven. So clearly, it's two more. And that makes it better. Stronger foundation. Uh, yep. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> no, uh, Kurt. Kurt's, Kurt's a good friend, um, and uh, if anybody out there is, you know, kind of struggling with their uh, their career and wondering where they have potentially gone wrong, and uh, you know how they can live a, a lifestyle that uh, that that serves them versus you know serving somebody else, I highly recommend uh, that book. Yeah. Um. For, for the seven pillars of financial wisdom, uh, really, what I was trying to do with that book is is kind of coach people on how to hire a financial advisor. Okay. Um, because uh, there is um, a lot of misinformation out there. I think there's a lot of uh, of people who, again, they they watch the twenty four hour news shows. Uh, they see people buying and selling, and you know Jim Cramer do this and Jim Cramer mm-hmm. do that. Um, and and that's nothing against Jim Cramer, but Jim Cramer's in the entertainment business. Um, and, uh, you know, he's trying to get eyeballs, uh, so that they can have advertisers. Yeah. And once, once you understand the game, um, then I think it's easier to take a step back and say, okay, um, what do I want out of, out of a a real relationship with a financial planner or financial advisor? Um, and even in this, those two terms, you know you, you stumble upon a realization which is not every financial advisor is a financial planner right yep. um, s- some of them don't do any planning at all they're, they're not looking at you know the the ins and outs of, a, of an overall plan and maybe that's what you need maybe it's not but you should understand the difference before you go and uh, and start to engage somebody
1: well, no I know there's a way to get a copy of this book besides Amazon right if you go to your website on victoryindependentplanning.com and answer a few questions. You'll get a copy of the seven pillars of financial wisdom. Is that right?
0: That is correct. All right. So uh, it's an, it's an ebook version. So we'll send you out a freebie. Um, and uh, yeah, I think it's, uh, I think it's worthwhile. I think it helps people to ask the right questions. All right. So get out uh, there and
1: get this book and uh, we're going we're gonna to start talking about, it, but it's at victoryindependentplanning.com. Okay. Uh, answer the questions and you'll get the free ebook. So
0: Th- thanks for the plug. I appreciate yeah, yeah.
1: it. I'll, I'll give you more plugs. Uh, <laughs> uh, so let's talk about the first pillar: expertise. Why do I need yeah. an expert, Patrick? I mean, that's so old school, right? In this day and age, and people are becoming Bitcoin millionaires overnight. I don't, I don't, I don't need. I can do this myself. Everybody else is doing it. Gary Gary V says I can go become a millionaire by you know uh, going out to garage sales every weekend. So right. why do I? Why do I need you as an expert? Why do I need an expert?
0: You know, it, it's interesting to me because um, I, I I haven't gone back and revised that yet, but but I may because one of the things that I've learned, um, you know, through the, the COVID experience, through my experience with um, with investing and, and listening to experts, um, expertise is not necessarily all it's cracked up to be. Uh, there's a there's a book. Uh, the, the author's last name is Epstein. Um, and he talks about, um, it's called Range. Range is the name of the book. And what he talks about is experts are great at certain things. They're, they're good at identifying problems and providing data. Uh, but actually what you need is somebody who is more of a generalist to interpret that and then either make policy mm-hmm. or uh, or decisions on strategy and tactics. So what I'm talking about in that first pillar is understand which one of those you're getting, okay? Yeah. Are you hiring somebody who is an expert in one area to do one thing for you? Or are you hiring somebody to take in all the information that's out there and apply it to your situation? Yeah, I'm the, I'm the latter, right? You know, I, I know a little bit about just about everything, um, but, you know, I'm, I'm smart enough to go out and find people to do certain things. right um, that are specialties. Um, and what I want to do is bring all of that to my client base, right? That may be the best thing in the world for, uh, certain clients, others, not so much. Again, I just want people to know the difference and understand which one they're looking for. Are you looking for the generalist? Who's gonna, you know, give you input on, you know, uh, everything from Medicare, uh, to Bitcoin. (laughs) <laughs> or are you looking for the the guy who's looking at stock charts all day and has no idea what Medicare even does?
1: Right, right. He's really tunnel vision. Well, and that you know that plays a lot into a lot of areas. Um, you know, I always say the sports world, or even like in, in the hiring market, the way recruiting has gotten is basically you know everyone's looking for that expert for the job, or that's where the recruiters want to go. And I yeah. think they they make a lot of mistakes because I think there's individuals out there that are more talented uh in making the decisions you want but if you want someone to do a specific job and be an expert in that job i guess that's what you want but if you really want especially at the higher level you know i think you want someone who is like you said someone like you is a jack of all trades right who has an idea maybe not be able to do everything but knows where to go to get it done whereas the other individual won't
0: um, I, I- I like the sports analogy. Bear with me here. We'll yeah. see if we can we can take this uh, to to another level. We you know we talked about baseball.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, you know, do you want to hire a relief pitcher, or do you want to hire the manager who brings in the relief pitchers mm-hmm. uh, and who sets the starting lineup and figures out how to play offense and defense? Yeah. That to me is the difference, you know, and that, uh, that pillar of expertise, it can get very polluted in, in our industry. There are, I mean, there are hundreds of designations now, uh, for financial, uh, planners and financial yeah. advisors. They all mean something different. They may or may not be useful to you as the end client. Um, so, so do your homework and understand yeah. what you're getting.
1: I always go to the Kobe Bryant right was were 13 guys that dropped ahead of Kobe and a lot of those yeah. guys had a lot more experience yeah right We're in college for four years or they were overseas and you know they got the stats and Kobe was straight out of high school but he had the talent and guys yeah. passed on him <laughs> because 13 teams passed on him because he yeah. didn't have that experience and uh, it was, was it Victor Petrenko, I' want to pick on that guy he, like he was the guy guys picked right by, ahead of Kobe Bryant I just think of it nobody knows who he, who he was. He's right. the guys picked right ahead of Kobe 13, right. you know, 13 guys. So yeah. Do you want someone who's, you know, it's going to be solid, but maybe you should go for the talent, the talent. And uh, because the talent's going to get you the championships, the talents is going to give you more than just what everybody else has.
0: Well, what I think is interesting about that analogy is you see how difficult it is to analyze that talent. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, obviously 13 guys passed on him. Um, you know, 13 general managers took a look at Kobe Bryant and said, yeah, right. If he's around in the second round, we'll take him, (laughs)
1: uh,
0: you know, um, so it's hard. It's very hard to analyze that talent. And that, you know, again, that's one of the reasons I wrote the book to help people analyze who they're ultimately going to hire and what could be the biggest decision of their life. I mean, if you get a, a, a crappy, uh, financial planner, uh, financial advisor, investment manager, uh, you could end up like Kevin Bacon, who is uh, yeah. a, a character uh, in my that I talk about in the book.
1: Okay.
0: Uh, a lot of people don't realize Kevin Bacon was uh, one of Bernie Madoff's yep. big, biggest investors.
1: Him and his wife, right?
0: Yeah, him and his wife. There's a reason Kevin Bacon has to be in every movie. It's because he's <laughs> he's trying to make up for lost time. Yeah, um, you know, which is sad, uh, yeah. but he's Kevin Bacon. He's going to work himself out of it. Um, you know, it's just, it's just trying to get people to, to realize that, you know, your, your cousins or your uncles or your coworkers, financial advisor may not be the right fit for you. Um, and, uh, you can't just take them on, on face value. You can't take them based on reputation Mm -hmm. because Bernie Madoff had a great reputation. Uh, you got to do your homework. You got to understand what you're getting into.
1: Let me ask you this, and I wasn't going to talk about it, but you, got, you brought up Madoff. You, sure. you believe, Would you believe we're in in for another Madoff with all this Bitcoin and everything that's going on? And you know, what are your thoughts?
0: I, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, you know, it's the old Buffettism um, that uh, you you learn who's not wearing a bathing suit when the tide goes out, right? Right. Or who's swimming naked? I think is what he says. Uh, when the tide goes out. Um, I think when the business cycle ultimately turns, and that's what business cycles do, they go up, they go down. Um, you know, when the business cycle turns, you typically see a couple things. You see a big firm go out of business that surprises mm. people, you know, think Lehman Brothers, yep. WorldCom, Enron, you know, we can go back in history and, 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 and look at those. Uh, but you also tend to see some type of fraud. Um, and, uh, you know, Bernie Madoff was 08 and Ron was your, your 0203 variety. Yep. Um, so yeah, it won't surprise me at all, uh, to see something like that when the cycle turns and I'm not saying that's imminent. Um, it may be, it may not be, uh, one of the, uh, uh one of the sidebars in the book talks about, um, uh, a comment that, uh, Alan Greenspan made back in 1996, I believe it was, when they saw the markets getting fairly frothy, and he called uh, he called the markets uh, irrationally exuberant. I don't, I don't know if you remember that one. Uh-uh. Uh. And he was right, except that he wasn't fully right for another three years. Right. Because right? yeah. that's when the tech bubble actually blew up. Yep. It was in in late ninety nine. So it's it's hard to know. You know, it's hard to know when that when that cycle is indeed going to turn. But when it does, to your point. We'll see another Madoff or another Enron or something like yeah. that. It's it seems to just be part of the part of the matrix.
1: Yeah. Well, another pillar, and then I, I like uh, if we had time, I'd love to talk about all of them. We're not going to probably, so I'm going to you know pick on a couple that I think really stand out. One is you
0: can you can always have me back, Kerfey. I'll, I'll come.
1: definitely have you back. Right. Absolutely, right. absolutely. Uh, but the one is uh, stewardship. That's that's a little different to me. That's yeah. a, that's a little unique. And uh, so explain to me the uniqueness behind this and and the importance where other investors really don't talk about this.
0: Yeah. You know, I I talk about it because I I lived it. Um, And we talked a little bit at the beginning of the show about how difficult it can be to transition from the military uh, to to civilian Mm -hmm. life. Uh, And when I did it, you know, I've counted myself lucky that uh, one of the Wall Street firms, Uh, Was willing to hire me as a as a junior broker, Um, and I I realized very quickly. You know, I I remember the the sales manager calling me into his office one day, asking me a bunch of questions about the F14, and then telling me to take his trash out. Right? You know what? What he he was trying to say to me, not so subtly, was, "Hey, you're in my world now."
1: Yeah,
0: Uh, Yeah, and to me. You know, between that and calling people at their dinner hour, trying to pitch them, you know, stocks, bonds, and mutual funds, Mm -hmm. uh, that was the opposite of stewardship. That was salesmanship, right? Right. And and I understand everybody is a salesperson. Everybody is selling something. I'm selling stuff to my son when I try to get him to do what he's supposed to do. Um, Everybody is involved in sales at some some level. But what I want to sell is me. I want to sell, you know, my, uh, my abilities, my, my expertise, my, uh, uh, my broad expertise, like we talked about. Um, and I don't want that to be product driven. Right. That's stewardship to me. That is where, you know, somebody so well, uh, that you can sit down in their dining room, go over their, you know, uh, financial plan and their investments and then have a cup of coffee and just talk about the kids right um that's stewardship to me not uh, not the
1: boiler room mentality with uh Ben affleck right yeah great movie. yeah that's Yeah, <laughs> that's that absolutely. stewardship <laughs> absolutely
0: uh yeah that's that's the opposite of that it's yeah. the opposite of the wolf of Wall Street it's yeah. the opposite of uh of uh Wall street and and the sequel uh all great movies uh but, oh yeah but not the way I want to live my life.
1: Those are uh, some great clips of some of those some things that not to do. So,
0: <laughs> yes, yes. You know, those movies are now my, my, my top gun, right? So when I was flying airplanes and we would watch top gun, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just one long eye roll. Cause now we don't really do it that way. That's not, that's not accurate. That's not realistic. Right. You know, now those wall street movies are my top guns. It's like, <laughs> Yeah. That's not the way I want to do things.
1: Yeah. So, Iron Eagle wasn't real back in the eighties. That was a little.
0: No, that that was Air Force. We, we, oh, that's right. We, okay. We, we didn't pay attention to that.
1: <laughs> uh, let's talk. Let's talk about one other.
0: My my, my dad will kill me if he hears that
1: bit. Oh, was he, my, was... yeah. My my dad was Air Force. Oh boy. Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> Top Gun, I, that's, that's. There, there's, where's the, re, there's that remake or the, no, the sequel is supposed to come the out, sequel, yeah. Yeah, what that, yeah. What happened to that? Is it not coming um, out now?
0: They I, keep rolling it back. I think yeah. it's the spring now. I actually will go see that one uh, because the flying scenes should be a, a lot better. Yeah. Uh, they actually stuck them in the backseat of an F-18F, and uh, they're, they're going to do some cool things with the cameras cool. in the cockpit versus the original.
1: Yeah, that thing was supposed to have been out, already. I've been so excited. Yeah. It keeps getting pushed back. And I'm like, I just supposed got to be out about-
0: last summer. Last summer it was supposed yeah. to come out. Yeah.
1: What, a, what a shame. What a shame. Yep. Yeah. Well, let's talk about value. How should a relationship with an advisor be valued in your mind? Should it just be by the return? Say, hey, you know, this is what my guy does for me. I mean, how, how, what, is, what is your opinion?
0: Yeah, I think returns are part of it. Um, I, I think that, um, you know, it, it all depends really on how you measure your returns, I think, uh, as well. Um, there are some investors out there who, if they get a 3 to 4% annualized rate of return with limited volatility, uh, yes, please sign me up for that. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some investors out there who can't be successful if that's all they get. Um, so I think a, a big part of it is number one, understanding where you are and where you need to be and where you want to go. Um, that's why we, we really do focus on a full planning process for clients before we invest a dollar of their money. Uh, because if I can get you to a, a place where you want to be with, with lower risk or lower volatility, by God, I'm going to recommend that we do that. Um, right. You know, you can overrule it as, as the ultimate judge, but, uh, you know, it, it pays long term to at least know uh, what, what you're dealing with. And then from there, I, I think that the value statement, and there have been some studies on this uh, as far as how advisors can add additional value things like coaching you know keeping you from doing dumb stuff mm-hmm. uh keeping you from making emotional decisions at the wrong times <laughs> that does add value um, yeah. it's hard to, it's hard to quantify it um but people have tried and they've come up with with varying numbers and i think it's interesting to know what what uh what those studies say uh, i quote from those uh somewhat extensively uh, in that book um I think that you can do some things as far as tax efficiency to increase value. Uh, remember, it's not what you earn, it's what you keep. Um, so if we're making you a bunch of money, but it's all short-term gains and you end up paying you know, uh, regular income tax on all those, that may not have been the best move ultimately yeah. uh, for your total well-being. Um, so yeah, I think that there are ways to add value that people don't necessarily think about. Um, one of my favorites is charitable giving. Uh, you can add uh, value not only just to uh, in a tax-efficient manner, right. but you can create something for uh, for investors to, you know, fund the causes they care about over and over again. That give to me, an, me is that to me is cool.
1: Like, give me an example.
0: Uh, so we've talked with, with a number of families that I work with about creating what I would call like a family charitable trust. And it sounds very fancy mm-hmm. and it, is, and it is when you've got billions of dollars, like, you know, the Gates Foundation or or, or mm-hmm. Warren Buffett, but you can do it uh, for as little as $5,000, um, you know, with most custodians like Schwab and, and, and TD Ameritrade and, uh, and Fidelity all you do is you go in and you open what they call a, uh, a charitable account, right? So it's uh, uh, basically a charitable checking account. Um, you get your tax deduction for it. You put the money in. You can invest it however you, you know, ultimately right. choose. And then um, you can meet as a family and say, okay, what, what do we want to do? what, you know, I can look at my son, not, not yet because he's seven and we'll be giving it all the Lego. Uh, he, you know, you can sit over the dinner table and say, well, what, what effect do we want to have?
1: Right. Uh, right. where,
0: where do we want to invest this money this year? I think that is a cool thing to do as a family. Huh? Um, that is know, really cool. Yeah. And to know that, uh, that you can have that, uh, that type of effect, uh, and you can have that, um, uh, that that charitable mindset that gets instilled with your kids early,
1: right? Well, and and, and you know, and you're making more money, and so you can keep doing that, and you can keep making that charity, you know, those contributions a lot, uh, yeah, uh, to, to that cause for a lot longer than we normally. And that brings, I you know, I had a, a sister. I, I I'm an only child now, but I had a sister who was killed in a car accident right after like her freshman year. Oh no, sorry, it's a sophomore year in college. So she was just wow. right out of high uh, high school and was a softball player and. You know, and people, you know, small town, Midwest, yeah. people always contribute, you know, they give you money. And, you know, and so I mean, we had plenty of money to cover the funeral costs and everything. And we had all this money, we're like extra money. Well, what do we do with this, you know? And this is back in, you know, 96. So, you know, we just basically opened up, and just like we donated every year, we gave a scholarship, a small little scholarship to a senior softball player. If yeah. we would have had something like this we could have done it for a lot longer and we don't, we no longer do it anymore. Um, right. I think, I think my parents, my mom still does a little bit, but not like we used to, we should give it a scholarship specific to a person we did it for 24 years, 25 years. But if yeah. we would have had something like this uh, we could have probably done way more. And, you know, so that's, you know, I think that's, that's, yeah, cool. that's I, a great I, idea.
0: I will i will say as a cautionary point that uh, scholarships uh, tend to get more complex Right. Uh, you know, if you're just giving money out to uh, charities uh, from, from these types of funds, uh, it's right. usually no problem. Uh, individuals and scholarships, that can be a different kettle of fish. So be careful.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Good. Well, we talked about this a little bit. You served in the military, as we mentioned, and we've had several guests who've all served. Mm-hmm. And I want I wanted to ask you how is your service and training? your specific service and training made you a success or helped you in your career?
0: Um, it, I would say there's probably a small picture answer to that and there's a bigger picture answer. The small picture is on a day-to-day basis and, and if you talk to my clients, uh, I, I think they'll, they'll back me up on this. Um, one of the things I learned in aviation was the importance of a checklist. Um, and when I do financial planning, it's very checklist driven because I don't want to miss anything.
1: Mm-hmm. You,
0: know, you know, if you miss something on the checklist and a $50 million fighter plane, and God forbid something goes wrong, you know, you, you probably end up on the wrong end of a parachute, uh, in the best case. Um, and, um, uh, it's kind of the same for financial planning. If you don't go through a process, if you don't make sure that you're ticking all the boxes, uh, you risk, you know, causing more harm uh, than good. And at yeah. the end of the day, you know, that's not what I'm here for. Um, so yeah, that, that's kind of the small picture. Um, big picture wise, I think that, uh, you learn, you learn to learn from other people's mistakes Hmm. Um, you know, a lot of our training is based on, see what this guy did or this gal don't do that,
1: yeah. <laughs> uh, because it
0: didn't turn out well. Um, and, uh, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of learning from others' mistakes and not repeating them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, absolutely. That's a good answer. Great answer. i never heard that before. Um, I, I did a little research. I was, you know, doing a little di- deep dive on you. It wasn't that deep, oh, actually. Uh, but no, no, it's all right. No, you have a very extensive blog, and in fact, I mean, you have close to over maybe t- close to or over a hundred different topics, and they range from like the Wild West, yeah. football, even COVID. And yeah. being being a recent survivor of COVID, tell me what historical, you know investment strategy, your lessons we can learn from this pandemic? Uh,
0: I think some of that is yet to be written. Uh, I think we've got, uh, we, we, we've got some more yardage to gain before we, before we do the, uh, uh, the post game analysis. Uh, but I will say um, the major thing that, that I've tried to get across to, to clients really since day one, is this is gonna suck we just don't know how bad yet right Uh, maybe we do now maybe we have a much better idea now uh but it's also going to pass at some point this will fade into history and i talked to my parents about this um you know i said do you guys remember the asian flu breakout in the late 60s and they're like no Hmm. and i said well you know it, it wasn't as bad as covid Uh, has turned out to be, but it was still pretty major and it, you know, it, it definitely affected, uh, you know, society, um, and, uh, people died from it and, you know, there were all those, uh, tragic outcomes, but, uh, within a generation, it's, it's almost completely forgotten. Yeah. Um, I think COVID is probably not that I think it's going to take a while for the, for the scars to heal. Um, uh, but, uh, well, because you know, it's
1: been politicized, it's been, of course, you, know, you know, misinformed, of course, you know, and that's the, that's the difference. We go back to that 24 hour news source, right? Absolutely. We had the paper back then, or you had Walter Conkright that got on for a half hour and that was it. Right. Right. Now right. it's like in your face and everyone's oh, you should be doing this and you should be doing this. And it's like, I don't know what to do because I don't have the right information.
0: Right. It, it, you know, it's the amount of, uh, pardon the term, panic porn. Yeah. Uh, that is that is now available to us and it's uh it's it's everywhere it's on both sides of the aisle yep. it's every political persuasion um and uh yeah it's uh it's it, that i think you're correct is going to draw out the the historical memory of yeah. this for better for worse but guess what this too shall pass you mm-hmm. know yeah. uh if i take one lesson from history uh and try to wake up with it every morning it's that this yeah. too shall pass
1: yeah and it was and, and you know and, and i'm not saying wear a mask don't wear a mask do this don't do this i i'm not i'm like you're your own person you make a choice you mm-hmm. know if you feel you need to have one and be healthier great that's fine i chose a path not to <laughs> mm-hmm. go figure right and for the law lo- a year and a half almost two years into this thing yeah just about a year and a half I, you know i never wore a mask never got the vaccine i you know i thought i maybe got it one time obviously i didn't because i finally just did get it and that's why i have a kind of large span between the last show and the show is because i've been re- you know recovering yeah and it was worse than what i thought it was and yeah. you know so and and i I'm gonna go blame back to the misinformation that's out there right i didn't know and, uh, you know, and even though I, I had an individual, my family die to it, but they were, you know, unhealthy and had underlying symptoms. I don't sure. or not that I knew of, you know, I work out, I you know, eat healthy, I you know, run, blah, blah, blah. It's still it knocked me on my butt. And there was about a yep. day, day and a half there, Pat. I was like, man, I might have to go to the hospital. And, mm-hmm. uh, and then in the back of my head, is like, don't go to the hospital, man. You're going to die because everybody goes to the hospital, dies, <laughs> it seems yeah. like. So it was, yeah. but, again, it's going back to all this information you got, what was true, and what was not true. You know, and, you know, you know, hats off to my, you know, my own natural immunity. I came through it, luckily. So, um, but it's a real thing. It is a real thing. So I just, it is a real thing. And and
0: let me me go off on an aside here because, uh, because what the hell, Um, (laughs) I want to live in a world where you can say what you just said and somebody who completely disagrees with you will nod their head and say, okay, I, I disagree, but I respect your opinion. Yeah. When can we go back to living in that
1: world? That's the world I want to live in. That's the world I'm trying to live in. You know how do we
0: how do we get back there? That's that's uh, my question man. for for humanity. How how do we stop yelling at each other um, about this stuff? And it's not just COVID. It's you know everything. When, when COVID is is a memory, we'll figure something else out that uh, that'll that'll divide us. Uh, how do we how do we get past that?
1: Well, historically, it, it, it usually. For a little while, it, it it comes after a huge tragedy, right?
0: Yeah, 9 mind yeah. right? Yeah.
1: But how long did that last for? You know, two years, yeah. maybe three years, yeah. and then yeah. we're right back into it. So yeah. Yeah, it's just sad. It's sad. Well, man, this has been a good show, but I'm not going to let you, we're not going to end the show yet because we got to play a game called Get to Know Patrick, and I'm going to ask you ten questions, and you have to say the first answer that comes to your mind as fast as you can. So, are, do, you, are, are you, do you know how
0: terrifying this part of the show is?
1: <laughs> so you haven't listened. Mean, you, <laughs> I mean, God only knows
0: what's going to come out of my mouth in the next 10 questions, but okay.
1: You need to worry what's coming out of my mouth. <laughs> so need to worry about. All right. Well, it would be hard. They're not going to be hard. I promise. But there are some new ones in here that I haven't used before. So okay, right. what's your signature dance move? because i know uh, uh
0: my signature dance move god I, I don't know it's probably like the eighth grade slow dance
1: <laughs> <You> <laughs> hands know, on the hip with, back yeah, and forth left to right, yeah, right. Uh, yeah. did you know her in eighth grade no oh okay i was like oh, no, that's awesome so, no that's cool ever cry in a movie
0: uh
1: yes what movie I-
0: I don't know. It's probably some Disney movie. The only one I can really remember, the the one I can remember first, uh, I cried during the last episode of Mash.
1: Oh, really? Yeah, that's a good one. That's a really good one. Yeah, the one, the movie that gets me every time is Field of Dreams. Man, when he asks his dad to play, have a catch, oh yeah, I like, just like punches me right in the gut. Especially yeah. now, you know, I lost my father, so it's even more. But yeah, it's yeah, that's a, that's a, that's that's the first one that really hit me.
0: I'm sure after we end this, I'll think about ten that I that cried <laughs> during,
1: but. All right, here's a good one. If you could kill off any character from a current television show, who would it be? Who annoys the heck out of you? I know you watch TV because you said MASH. You said Seinfeld. So you watch some good shows.
0: Um, a current TV show. So, you know, about all I watch now is Ted Lasso. And, and why would you kill any of those people off? <laughs> um, it's too good. Yeah. Um, gosh. I mean, the last one I wanted to kill off was uh, was Breaking Bad, um, and he ended up doing it himself. With, yeah,
1: that's a good season show.
0: Season seven or whatever it was. Yeah. I don't know. I'll, I'll, you know, to be honest with you, I, I don't watch that much television anymore. I watched yeah. a lot growing up. I watched, a, God, I watched a ton, especially mm-hmm. movies in in the uh, '90s, early 2000s when I was deployed. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, you know, these days, if there's a character I want killed off, I just watch a different show that's, that's <laughs> the beauty of the streaming revolution right
1: yeah well there's a, my son uh recently he, he plays college soccer and he, he tours acl in may and he plays back in illinois and so he's moved down here to georgia with me uh as he's recovered and uh he's got me into the these anime movies yeah there's, there's this one character and it's, it's, it's something titans were watching and it's a i'm like i i did it because i love them I was like, all right i'll watch a few with you i mean i'm kind of into it so every night i'm looking forward to one or two episodes These are only like 20 minutes long so it's easy but there's this one character on it just drives me nuts i'm like uh, I can't remember what his name is. It's Arlen or something. it's like, this, they need to get rid of this character. I can't stand him anymore. He's just too whiny for me. Just So really... I,
0: I, my, my son being seven years old, he's getting introduced to the star Wars universe. Oh
1: yes. Yeah. I,
0: and I want to kill off Jar Jar Binks.
1: There we go. That's yeah. the first one. I, yeah. I got a Jar Jar Binks. Right. That was a character yeah. that was just yeah. worthless. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's a holiday that doesn't exist that you like to create?
0: Uh, does Festivus count?
1: Yes, it absolutely does. <laughs> <laughs> I wear my fe- I have a Festivus shirt I wear every year every yeah. Uh, awesome. yeah,
0: God God rest his soul. He went. <laughs> uh, I think he died a couple of years ago. But uh, um, yeah, uh, c- continuing on the Seinfeld bent, uh, Festivus for the rest of us.
1: Yes, yes. What is uh, something you refre- refuse to share with other people? That <sighs> is there anything you just won't share? Like you know what? That's mine.
0: Um, my real politics. Really? Uh, I'll talk politics and I'll talk theory and I'll talk, uh, you know, uh, around but I won't necessarily tell you who I voted for and I won't necessarily tell you, huh. um, you know, what party I may or may not belong right.
1: to. Right. Right. Okay. So I, I can't be my next question. Are you Republican or Democrat? It's so like, yeah, I can't, can't yeah. ask that. No, no, Okay. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm what?
0: neither. How's that? <laughs> there you go. Uh,
1: what's your walkout song? If, like if you were a fighter or a boxer or a baseball uh, player, what, what would be the song playing in the background that gets Patrick or just rocking and rolling to hit that home run? I'd probably go with um, Aloe Black and I'm the Man. I'm the Man. Nice. Yeah. nice. That's a good one. That's a good one. What's your favorite podcast? Uh, other than this one, right? Yeah, no, you're supposed to say this one. That's that whole thing. I was like, I was, I was grabbing it, you know?
0: Well, I got it. you know, clearly it's this one. (laughs) What's your name again? No. Yeah, Uh, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Hashtag Uh,
1: biz with the beard. There you go.
0: Clearly it's curfew, curfew and the hashtag business with the beard. But if I, if I was going to pick a second one, uh, that's not fantasy football related. Uh, I still (laughs) listen to, um, to Adam and Dr. Drew.
1: Okay. Really? Yeah, that's been around a long time. Yeah, yeah. So you do a lot of fantasy football.
0: Uh, I just got back into it this year. I took a year off last year just to to decompress, and uh, yeah, got you need that, man.
1: Gosh, I get into that stuff, and I mean, I'm I'm. Yeah. I can't do that. I get too addicted to it. It's just too much.
0: It's like anything else, you know, uh, a little bit is fine, but, uh, it's very easy to go down the rabbit hole, but I'm enjoying it again this year. You know, I I don't, I don't follow a particular team. So, uh, it keeps me from, from getting too, uh,
1: too emotionally invested.
0: And on Sundays, I just turn on the, uh, the NFL red zone channel and zone out.
1: Uh You got a good tight end Any Iowa tight ends on that, uh,
0: uh i got the guy from uh buffalo and i don't know where he went to
1: college oh uh, yeah it wasn't iowa it yeah. used to be a used to be a, i think scott Chandler used to be the tight end of buffalo yeah yeah. Iowa, yeah i would think iowa guys are probably better blockers than pass catchers uh, yeah, that's I just get, my that's just I, my perception how come i got george kittle tj hawkinson noah fan i mean all those okay. guys are they, they, all they right. they're, they're scoring we're scoring so, <laughs> Patrick. Thanks for t- taking your time out of your busy schedule and coming on the show. And thank you for sharing us, you know, uh, your stories, uh, your experience, your knowledge, um, and your life. And most importantly, thank you for your service. I really, really, you know, nice. appreciate that. It's been an extreme, extreme pleasure having you on. Yeah.
0: In, in all seriousness uh it was my pleasure to serve it was my pleasure to to be with you today i'm glad you're feeling better
1: yeah i'm so sorry about
0: that <laughs> no no I'm, I'm i'm glad you're back fighting a good fight um congratulations what's it been, on that
1: but it's it been over a month we were trying to get this show going right yeah i, yeah, yeah. I apologize so much
0: hey so. good good things are worth the wait so that's right
1: you. is there anything you want to bring up or plug before we end the show
0: you know, no, uh, I, I don't really feel the need to plug anything. If people want to reach out to me, um, you know, uh, the website's a great way to do it. Um, get in touch if you want, yep. just want to have a chat about what you're doing. And um, and if not, that's fine, too.
1: All right. Good there. There you have it, friends, a historically driven financial guru and CEO of Victory Independent Planning, Mr. Patrick Huey. Pat, thanks for coming on the show. Get his books on Amazon or the website, VictoryIndependentPlanning.com. I want to remind everyone to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform and leave a five-star review or however they want you to do it. And especially if you enjoy the show's the, today's show and share it with your friends. As always, I'm grateful for all of our listeners who tune in from all over the world. And don't forget that you can pick up some award-winning beer products. Um, at you know, called hashtag biz, acs wolfpack gear, the carnivore mindset t-shirt, right? And other hashtag biz of the beer merchandise on my website at acsexec.com. Calm.
0: And we didn't even get into the carnivore stuff today. It would have been, uh, that's, uh, that's we'll the next it. show.
1: We'll do it again. Yeah, we got we got several pillars to go. I want to go through some of these pillars and really get into some you know detail around it. So yeah, we'll, we'll definitely have you back. Definitely. All right. So it's been fun. And there you have it. Another show's in the books, but never fear. The beard will always be here. And until next episode, same beard time, same beard channels. Thank you for listening to hashtag Biz with the Beard podcast. Remember, every genius idea starts with the stroke of a beard. Have a successful day. Hey, Hashtag Biz with Beard and Bald fans. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. It was brought to you by ACS Executives. Let me ask you something. As an entrepreneur or business owner, are you tired of struggling with running your business? Do you feel you could drive more revenue, improve your profits, and run more efficiently if you had a little help? Well, you are not alone, and there is a solution for you. Like many small businesses, as the owner, you wear a lot of hats. And why wouldn't you? You started this thing, so you were very careful and particular about it. Well, at ACX Executives, we do a deep dive into your business to help your business grow revenues, improve profits, acquire capital, and run more efficiently. We just don't point out problems. We help you resolve them through our family of companies and the solutions they provide. We share some of the best practices and processes and coach you and your team through them. Our suite of quality products and services will help you get there quickly and smoothly. That's how we ensure your success. So visit us at acsexec.com or call us at 1-800-495-6505 and schedule a free 30-minute consulting assessment. Have a successful day and we hope you enjoy today's episode of Hashtag Biz with Beard and Bald.